I will do the rest, and then, when I'm gone, you may come and throw the great switch back into its place, and all will be as before. I need but an hour's start to be safe beyond the devilish power that you control in this hidden chamber beneath the palace of your master. See how easy? And with the words the black dator rose from his seat, and, crossing the room, laid his hands upon a large, burnished lever that protruded from the opposite wall. No, no! cried the little old man, springing after him with a wild shriek. Not that one, not that one! That controls the sunray tanks, and should you pull it too far down, all Kadabra would be consumed by heat before I could replace it. Come away, come away! You know not what mighty powers you play. This is the lever that you seek. Note well the symbol inlaid in white upon its ebon surface. Thurid approached and examined the handle of the lever. Ah, a magnet, he said. I will remember. It is settled then, I take it, he continued. The old man hesitated. A look of combined greed and apprehension overspread his none-too-beautiful features. Double the figure, he said. Even that were all too small an amount for the service, you ask. Why, I risk my life by even entertaining you here within the forbidden precincts of my station. Should Salensus all learn of it, he would have me thrown to the apts before the day was done. He dare not do that, and you know it full well, Solan, contradicted the black. Too great a power of life and death you hold over the people of Kadabra for Salensus all ever to risk threatening you with death. Before ever his minions could lay their hands upon you, you might seize this very lever from which you have just warned me and wipe out the entire city. And myself into the bargain, said Solan with a shudder. But if you were to die anyway, you would find the nerve to do it, replied Thurid. Yes, muttered Solan. I have often thought upon that very thing. Well, firstborn, is your red princess worth the price I ask for my services, or will you go without her and see her in the arms of Salensus all tomorrow night? Take your price, yellow man, replied Thurid with an oath. Half now, and the balance when you have fulfilled your contract. With that, the Dator threw a well-filled money pouch upon the table. Solan opened the pouch, and with trembling fingers counted its contents. His weird eyes assumed a greedy expression, and his unkempt beard and moustache twitched with the muscles of his mouth and chin. It was quite evident from his very mannerism that Thurid had keenly guessed the man's weakness. Even the claw-like, clutching movement of the fingers betokened the avariciousness of the miser. Having satisfied himself that the amount was correct, Solan replaced the money in the pouch and rose from the table. Now, he said, are you quite sure that you know the way to your destination? You must travel quickly to cover the ground to the cave, and from thence, beyond the great power, all within a brief hour, for no more dare I spare you. Let me repeat it to you, said Thurid, that you might see if I be letter perfect. Proceed, replied Solan. Through yonder door he commenced, pointing to a door at the far end of the apartment. I follow a corridor, passing three diverging corridors upon my right, then into the fourth right-hand corridor straight to where three corridors meet. Here again I follow to the right, hugging the left wall closely to avoid the pit. At the end of this corridor I shall come to a spiral runway, which I must follow down instead of up. After that the way is along but a single branchless corridor. Am I right? Quite right, Dator, answered Solan. And now be gone. Already have you tempted fate too long within this forbidden place. Tonight or tomorrow, then, you may expect the signal, said Thurid, rising to go.
Tonight or tomorrow, repeated Solan, and as the door closed behind his guest, the old man continued to mutter as he turned back to the table, where he again dumped the contents of the money pouch, running his fingers through the heap of shining metal, piling the coins into little towers, counting, recounting, and fondling the wealth, the while he muttered on and on in a crooning undertone. Presently his fingers ceased their play. His eyes popped wider than ever as they fastened upon the door through which Thurid had disappeared. The croon changed to a querulous muttering, and finally to an ugly growl. Then the old man rose from the table, shaking his fist at the closed door. Now he raised his voice, and his words came distinctly. Fool! he muttered. Think you that for your happiness Solan will give up his life? If you escaped, Salensus all would know that only through my connivance could you have succeeded.